0: The 1-2 Football Podcast, the voices of tomorrow, here today.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the 1-2 Football Podcast, I'm Nathan and today we are talking all things Euro 2020. As usual, I'm here with Ollie and Kieran, how are you guys?
0: I'm good. Welcome back, Nathan, firstly. You know?
1: <laughs> Glad to be back. You,
0: you might be able to hear he's still a bit nasally, but um, he's, uh, he's better, so it's good to have you back. Nah, so, it's good. It's, you know, the day after recording this, the day after England um, topped the group. So, it, you know, the result was was a good result. But, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm good. And I just find it so bizarre. There's so many games on at the moment. Like, there's just so many. And you can't watch them all. It's a bit annoying. I enjoyed watching every single one. Not every single one, but the majority of them. But now they're all on at once. But, yeah, that's my... Quick summary of how I'm doing. <laughs> quick.
2: <laughs> Wasn't much quick about that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not too bad. Just, I guess echo what Ollie says, because you had your days planned out, 2, 5 and 8. Now you've got to really think about when games are and actually which games you want to watch with the, the final ones being on at the same time. Um, but no, I'm good. Like like you said, the day we're recording this is a big one tonight, which where we'll find out who we're playing in the, the round of 16. Um, fingers crossed for Hungary, but I think they might even beat us. Um, but I mean, we'll see how it goes and I'm sure we'll probably get into it in, in the podcast.
1: And it's certainly plenty to talk about, so let's get into it.
0: We might as well start from where we just literally just left off with England. And um, there is a lot of debate, who do we want in the next round? I know a lot of people, including myself, not to the extent of some people, but they're like, maybe we should have just bottled it, so we came second and got an easier draw. But I think it was Gary Lineker said, you have to beat the best to become the best. And if anyone's saying that, you know, you, you're there to win matches. And if, you, if you're not there to win them, you don't have the morale boost into the next game. So fair play. But who do we actually want then? Who do we, th- who do we want and who do, you th- who do we think we'll get? Because, I mean, I'm not sure if I'd want Hungary. I feel like going in as the, you know, as the people that having them as the underdogs, like I'd rather be the underdog going into it. Um, because I feel like Hungary could pull off a surprise, as we've seen in you know, to fair in the, the two games they have played so far.
1: I don't know. I, 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 to be honest, I, it's bad. To say but I don't care. I don't really care because we are going to play a good team. Portugal, Germany, France are better than us, Hungary. so we're going to we're going to play. Hungary aren't going to beat Germany. To be very realistic, here. and plus it, the, the game's in Germany, so they're not going to have sixty thousand people behind them. So it's so Germany are going to win that game. I'm pretty certain. And probably maybe I've been where it'd be a horrible take if, if come back on Friday and we're playing hungry. But I we're gonna have to play teams that are better than us to win it anyway. So why not just test us? Well, I, I think whatever whoever we play on Tuesday, that is the biggest game of Southgate's managerial, international and managerial career, more than the World Cup semi-final, because I feel like sentiment towards the team and him has definitely died down since then. So I think whoever we play. It's gonna have to, we, you know, it's gonna have to be a statement win like this one, and I, I, that's why I don't really care because I think they're all get, I think they're all beatable. I think they've all shown that as well. I don't, I don't think. It,
0: I disagree that it's the biggest game of his career. Though I think a semi-final in the World Cup, you know, is is a bit bigger than the round of 16 in the Euros. Uh,
1: no, I, I, think, I think no, not in terms of maybe not in terms of occasion, but in terms of the sentiment towards Southgate in World 2018 We were just happy to be there. We were just happy to be in the semi-final. It didn't really matter. You know, we could have lost in the quarter-final maybe, and no one cared. This People are saying South get out anytime he puts a team out. So this is an important time for him to, to get sentiment back on side. People are pretty negative towards the England team, arguably, rightly so, we've not been very good. But so this is a, a big game in terms of his time with England and in terms of him getting, you know, staying in charge. I'm sure he'll probably end up staying in charge. But in terms of having that support going into the 2022 World Cup, that's what that's kind of what I mean by this biggest game.
2: Mm, mm. I, I think I agree with you Nathan if I'm honest if you separate England's biggest game which I think well you know in the twenty first mm. probably was the World Cup semi-final But in terms of Southgate's tenure it has to be this game because you know you'll all the all the people who doubted him will reappear when you know we lose to one of those better teams we don't really show up and they they play us off the park um, so like you said you've got to go and you've got to beat the best teams to win the national tournament. I mean, France's route to the the World Cup wasn't the easiest. They beat some of the best teams. So, you know, it's just what you have to do. Um, I mean, you could argue, look at the last Euros with Portugal. They only just got through. I don't think they won a game in the group stages as well. Um, I think they only won one game in 90 minutes. Um, So that just kind of goes to show that if you get the job done, it kind of masks maybe arguably how poor you've been. Like, if, if we get to the final and win this thing, no one's going to remember the group stages and how poor we were for, you know, out of the 270 minutes we played, we probably played about 40 minutes of really good football. I'd say the, the Croatia game, we started well and started the first half and second half well. It kind of died down after that and the opening 15 against the Czechs as well. It's just now about harnessing that and playing like that for 90 minutes because, you know, no disrespect to the team that we played in the group, but they're not your France's, your Germany's and your, and your Portugal's and I, I think it, the, that, that group has shown as well that all three of those teams have their weaknesses you know Germany just completely tore Portugal apart with the back five with um, Kimmich and Gossens down the left and right that's something to watch out for and I think depending on who we play against that will massively impact kind of who Southgate selects I imagine I wouldn't at all be t- surprised to see that if we do play Germany, just to stop that threat, if we go, if we went back to the South Gates in in the first game the group stages with the fullbacks you chose there, I mean, I think you have to think about it as a tactical battle as to what you can do to stop the best players. Trouble is with that is you're always going to find another player who's who's going to step in and take that moment. That's just top quality sides. You've, you've got five or six across the pitch who can just absolutely deliver on the biggest stage and. That's what we need now. That's what we need. Your Harry Canes, um, Mason Mount, when he's back. Grealish was excellent last night. Saka as well. Everyone wants to play and start. A lot of them have given a really good case for starting. Um, You know, if you think about all the players that have had minutes this tournament, there's a lot of them. Um, I'd say that there's certain ones who've impressed more than others. Um, And I'm really intrigued to kind of see what you guys think and what Southgate kind of thinks as to who should be in the starting 11 for the knockout round? I mean, firstly, I, I think Southgate, as long as we don't
0: get hammered in the next game, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the fact, uh, I think the fact that he's topped the group has probably cemented him the job um, for, you know, the World Cup and whatever. Uh, so I don't think there's any, unless we get beat like 10-0 or whatever, I think he's there. I think he's staying, um, which for me is a bit annoying because I'm not his biggest fan um, and you all know that, but you know, it is what it is. But you know, I, I, firstly, before I say that team, I agree. I think all of those teams, France, have been a weird one for me. You can quite clearly see the ability and the quality on show, and they play very nice football. But at times, you know, Hungary really ex- uh, ex- executed. There's the word executed. Their tactics to perfection. The fact that they attacked that left side and Kombe is it was just completely torn apart. Um, down down in the in the defensive areas. And Hungary really just nailed that tactic. They they saw the left-hand side as a weak part of the defence and they just actually attacked it. And that's where they created the goal. Varane was out of position, just poor defending, and they opened them up. So even if we get France, I can't see us getting France, but if even if we do get France, I think we have to look at the likes of what Hungary did, and, you know, look at it and think, you know, they're a great side, but they have their flaws. Like every team, and Portugal especially, you know, defensively, two own goals, um, suicide in that match from them. Um, And then, I mean, Germany have done an own goal with Hummels in the first game as well. So, defensively, these aren't the strongest of sides. It's, you know, it's that sort of thing. We can outscore a team. And that's exactly what sort of I feel like Germany and and Portugal in the first game, to be honest. But um, in terms of the England, yeah, I think I can't see Southgate picking the same team as it did last night. No matter how much better I thought we were. I can't see him sticking to it. I think if Mount comes back, Bowden comes back. I think that those players are going to walk into the team despite the efforts from Saka. I can't see him keeping his start in place. Um, I think he should. I think this is just this is just pure England, though. You know when they pick the names over the, the talent shown. And, and and fair play to Saka. If he shocks me and he picks these this sort of team again, um, obviously it will depend on the. Uh, opposition we have, then, you know, fair play to him, it will shock me, but I can't see him doing it. I think the likes of Mount, the likes of Foden, they'll all walk back into the team. And that's not bad. Foden, Yay! I thought, has been our best player in the tournament, up until obviously he didn't play yesterday. I thought, in the first two games, he was one of our best players on the Pickford. But, I think Grealish has to start, start, and I think Saka does. I think Saka really showed that, not only did he track back, but his work rate, and it's just, you know, he just drives. I'm not even his biggest fan. I've never really seen, I didn't get why he was picked. But yesterday, he proved, you know, that, it's not always talent, it's just the ambition and the fact that he was a young guy trying to um, state his claim to start in the next game, and that showed. And I think that hunger is what we all need. And I feel like we need to start him, and I'm not sure. I think Boda needs to start. I think Grealish needs to start. I think Mount should start, so it is a hard one um, because, to be honest, if I could have it my way, and I know it's a debate, do you or do you not drop Kane? I don't. He's a big player, you you know, that quality that you can have (laughs) as an instrument. But right now, he is the weakness in that attack, you know, all these players perform. But I think it's a hard one because you can't drop a player of his calibre because you never know what he's going to pull out the locker in the last moment. He could get that all-important goal and no one will remember the Harry Kane from the first, you know, three matches, it'll all be about how he got us through to the to the next round. So I think it is a tricky one. But for me, Saka has to start and I'd start Grealish over the mount.
1: It's a weird one because the, the, it seems like the, the front four is kind of I, I think most people know what who who should be in there and, and Kane will definitely be in there. Grealish really should be in there. I've not been as impressed with Foden. I think you can if some games he's a passenger, but I think that's probably more to do with just England's general kind of bad attacking play not necessarily to do with him i don't think that combination of mount sterling foden works so i wouldn't and Kane, and i wouldn't so i wouldn't want to see them play again i think saka's probably not gonna start because well i think he should though do you not think yeah, I'll I, I, I thought he was excellent but i think what what he's done is elevate himself to be that guy that gets called or called upon on the bench i think that's what he's elevated himself to because it was one of these games where he's already through give saka a chance and, and he really did impress but that game was, I feel, I feel like he's probably elevated himself up the pecking order, but not to a starting position, if you get what I mean. Um, I, 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 feel, I feel like Sterling has to start, um, regardless of what people think of him. 14 goals in his last 19 international games, the only goal scorer for England so far. Regardless of his flaws, he's been the one there that has won us the games. You know, And for that, you do deserve to be rewarded. He's not coming off a great season for Man City, but still, I mean, he's had a not great season. He's still got like 20-odd goal contributions. So, I mean, if that's a bad season, you know, I want to see him have a great season next year because that, that's brilliant stats. So, I think Sterling deserve, deserves his place in the team, um, as frustrating as he can be. And, and that's one worry with England is if those chances against the Portugal, France, Germany fall to Sterling, does he score them? I'm not sure. And at the moment, but, he's the only one scoring at all. Know. you know, but yeah, again, at this rate, does Kane score them? Does, does Mount score them? Who scores? Them? You know, and obviously, it all, I think a lot depends on Mount's um, isolation stuff. You know, if Mount's not fit, but it's not going to be able to be there for round of sixteen. And there's no, you can't look further than Grealish. Like, I mean, so I Who think Grealish starting? is pretty much.
0: Who are you starting, Mount or you starting Grealish? I'd start. I'd
1: start, I'd start Grealish. Um, I think you could work with both. I think you could play Mount Grealish Sterling Kane if, if you want. What? Yeah, what I don't do think, think. so.
0: Sorry about it. Uh, it'll be
1: four. I think it'll be four-two-three-one again. I, I, that one better,
0: personally. As soon as he changed it to that four-three-three, three, we just looked a bit. You know. A yeah. bit... We didn't look at the side and I don't know why Southgate continuously did it for the first two games in a 4-3-3. That 4-2-3-1 is what a lot of Premier League teams use and it worked really well with us yesterday In at moments it worked really well anyway. It wasn't a perfect display but it was better, you know, it was improvement and I think that's down to the players and the formation that he put out. Mm.
2: You talk a lot about kind of front four and stuff but in terms of the the back six, I guess you could call them, I think there's a lot maybe of debate as well because it seems like that midfield pivot of Rice and Phillips might be the one he goes for. But you'd possibly guess that the fact that Henderson played 45 minutes yesterday is Southgate trying to get him as fit as possible because he wants him to start in the in the knockouts. You know, I, I'm and I'm I'm not too sure about that. Just because playing 90 minutes and playing 45 minutes is very different, I think, especially for the role that Henderson plays in. You know, he is a workhorse. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see it possibly happen again depending on the score Um, I, I expect Henderson will play in the knockout rounds it's just about whether or not he starts if he does start I'd expect him to be withdrawn sort of about after 60 minutes and then vice versa if he doesn't start I expect him to come on about 60 minutes as well but I mean Ollie will love me for this one but I thought that Harry Maguire showed absolutely no signs of someone who's missed the last month or two of of football. He played ninety minutes, no sign of. He just, I'll be honest now, he just exudes exudes, um, calmness for me. Like when you see him pick up the ball, and I think what we really missed in maybe in those first two games was a centre back who just goes across the halfway line. Because there's a moment where he's pushing up towards the, the edge of the box because just no one is closing him down. And, you know, if you've got players like Grealish on the pitch and Saka who can find those spaces, exactly what they did against Czech Republic, and you've got a centre-back willing to bring the ball out, you know, to the halfway line, you're going to tear teams apart. Think about the amount of times that Grealish picked up the ball in space, Saka picked up the ball in space, Kane had much more space than he's had in the first two games. You know, I think... All for Maguire's defensive qualities, actually, going forward, he brings so much. You it shocks me,
0: though, because he's such a big bloke. You don't expect him to be so elegant when he's moving. Like, his agility is actually, it's not <laughs> the best out there, but for someone of his size, like, when you see him go forward, I'm always there, uh, a bit like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then you just see him breeze past people, and you're like, go on, mate, go on, hit it, shoot! <laughs> he, he was he was—he uh, was a breath of fresh air, and I was so, I feel sorry for Ming because he did all right, to be fair, in his first two games, but... Maguire, to be fair, I think, he, I think he made us win that because that shot where he just jumped in front of it, I can't remember exactly who it was. I think, you know when he just like quickly put his knee down? It was that massive kerfuffle in the box. I um, sure. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. and Maguire's leg just got in the way in his knee and that was clearly going past Pickford. So, I mean, to be fair, coming back in, I think he stopped, you know, what would have been an equaliser. So, but yeah, no, I agree. It didn't look like he missed football at all. Um, but we're talking about defence. I'm not just saying this as a Man United fan, but I thought Shaw was great yesterday. I think he was the best in the left back position and I thought he was linking up really, really well with Grealish. Um, I thought, you know, it it gave... Grealish knew that he had someone that would attack um, down the side and I think that's something that was lacking in the last couple of games or so. Um, And Shaw just... Gets that teams, he pushes up, and I'm not sure if it's because you know, like he was next to Maguire for the for the first majority of the game until he did switch over. But um, I just thought that they linked up well, and him with Grealish, I just thought Shaw was was amazing. To be honest, it wasn't amazing, but it was it was an improvement on prior performances from our left backs from Trippier and
1: stuff. So I think he needs. Yeah, to- I think obviously Chilwell doing having the isolation. I probably thought Chilwell would have started that game to be honest. If and I wanted him to start the game until obviously the whole Gilmore thing happened. Um, Shaw was good. I think Southgate obviously. Made a point to make the fullbacks go actually go forward this time instead of having them sit and and not go forward at all, which which was good. Um, Walker on the other side was all right. He's all, he's not as attacking as Shaw was. He was all right, but then I mean it's hard to tell whether the Reese James wants because he he wasn't good against Scotland, but then again he was limited. So it, it's so that right back position. Really, I, just, I don't care who starts because they've all kind of put in the same level of performance. Obviously Trippier did quite well at left back would probably maybe like to see him at right-back, but I think in terms of defensive solidity through, through this tournament so far, Walker's been the one that has kind of helped us out the most. I don't think James was brilliant against Robertson and for Scotland, so Walker would start on that right side. And, and speaking on the centre-backs and the goalkeeper, I mean, we, we we have been critical of England in this tournament, but no goals conceded with a centre-back that I don't think anyone rated, you know, going into this tournament in Tyrone Ming. So, you know, credit to them their defence and Southgate for... um. No goals conceded. We have at times looked under pressure, but I don't think, apart from that one chance you mentioned, I don't think we really ever looked too like in threat. Like, too, we didn't look like conceding too much, and we didn't look like conceding really against Croatia. So, you know, if we can carry that solidity over to, to a tougher test, obviously we will play teams, and we're going to give. If we play in those teams, we'll give up chances. You know, like we're playing up against Mbappe or or Ronaldo, so they'll have shots on our goal. But if we can. Keep that solidity, and with the centre midfielder, do you stick with Rice and Phillips against? That's
0: what I was about a to better say.
1: Better team. I was just do say, you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We've
0: not conceded any, and that's I won't lie. It's only because we have six defenders on the pitch, or seven if you the goalkeeper, because. But because I think you have to I think you have to look at the correlation between not conceding but also not scoring many. We are playing very defensive and I to be fair I wouldn't. I think it's working and if, if you were probably going to maybe do start a more defensive against the likes of France. But against the likes of Portugal, which we've seen their defensive weaknesses, I think just get at them. And if Henderson's not fit, why not Jude? Why not put him in there, you know? Do a more a playmaker, small passer of the ball next to, you know, probably Phillips. I think Phillips has done better than Rice in this tournament. Um, so I'd maybe drop Rice. But I'm not a big fan of starting those two defensive players because it always it just makes us on the back foot straight away. We're England, get at them. You know, we've never been the best defensively. We've all been quite good attack. We have Kane, probably the one of the if not the best striker in the world with the likes of, you know, Sterling, Foden, Grealish, all these players. Use that and actually attack rather than having those seven defensive players right at the back and I think that's where we're, why we're not scoring because we are very defensive.
1: Yeah, it's interesting with I mean for me, if Henderson's fit and he's deemed fit enough to play, you know, a full night, he has to start. He's England's best midfielder. Yeah, I don't think there's any kind of debate on that. One thing I loved from Henderson, and um, we didn't play very well in the second half. But when as soon as he came on, it was looking to get the ball forward. It was looking to play that ambitious pass. Which I think that Rice Rice was doing more to be fair to him. But I'm not sure. I, I don't know which one out of Rice or Phillips I'd, I'd, I'd keep or or let go of because I haven't been that. I was really impressed with Phillips against Croatia, but he was obviously playing in more advanced. But, when it comes to holding, whoever's that player, if Henderson's fit, Henderson won't be holding. It will be someone else. So it's which one of them is trusted to that job. And I think Rice is a better defender than Phillips, but Phillips is a better sort of he links up play better than Rice. So so it's an, it's a real tough one for Southgate that one. If, Hender, if Henderson is deemed fit enough to start,
2: I can't stand Rice and Phillips in a pivot. I, I it makes. <laughs> Ill, Ill because they just step on each other's toes and it's so frustrating to watch you know at least when he was playing as part of that three in midfield you know phillips was covered every blade of grass you know they did not get in each other's way at all but as soon as you go to that kind of four two three one you know they are kind of in each other's way so i i, I i'm expecting them both to start in the knockouts depending on i, I would i'd say regardless of who we played i would it's like to see every game. Game. If, if sorry
0: I think they'll start every game, and This yeah. might be our last game, but I'm saying if we get through, I
2: think he'll start every game. Yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to as well. But the interesting thing about this is if we do get Portugal, you know, if they do finish second, they've been doing a very similar thing in that they've been playing Danilo Pereira and William Carvalho as, you know, two kind of defensive midfielders and allowing those four attackers in Jota, Ronaldo, Bruno and Bernardo Silva to kind of do what England are doing. So you know, we could very much kind of just cancel each other out.
0: Who do you think we're actually going to get? Because you you've said, obviously, how it could be a very similar matchup if we get Portugal, but I don't think we'll get Portugal because I think France will beat them. I think if Germany beat Portugal and, you know, undid their defensive, you know, sort of their poor part of the back, I think France will absolutely rip them to shreds. So who do we actually think will get? I think it'll be Germany. I think France will top the group. I'd be shocked if they didn't. Uh, I can't see Portugal, you know, picking up a point. And I, I can't see Germany not beating Hungary as good as Hungary have been. So I, I think we get second beat. We have to go against second place, don't we? So in that, yeah. case, in that case, yeah, I think we'll get Germany.
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, it's pretty much nailed on to be Germany. Um, they will beat Hungary, especially at home. Um, and if they don't, I,
0: I, I really you have been wrong. You just keep saying nah. they're going to beat. They're going be to beat. I'm there for
1: this going on. Germany needs to give Hungary a good hiding. So I hope they do. Um, weirdly, I'm not rooting for the Germans, but. You know, give give them a chance. I I, I want to play the best teams and and let's let's beat Germany. You know that that's a statement win if I've ever seen one. You know, Germany quite often that team that kind of beat us. You know, they of course the things like football's a simple game, something, something. And Germany always win, and so let's change that and let's beat Germany. Then and, and look, I mean, win that, and I think public sentiment gets right back on side. I think we're at Wembley for the rest of the tournament. If we win, maybe not the quarter final, but definitely obviously semi final and final. Yeah, so. Let, let's get the country believing again with, with a big win against Germany.
0: I think the best... We need to...
1: What was that going, sorry? We need
2: to avenge 2010. Germany 4, England 1. Yeah. Round of 16. Ghost goal.
1: Not oh, again. Matt Ups, the, Not... Matt Ups in the centre-back. Oh, Six nil England. Burn it here first. <laughs>
0: but moving moving away from England, I think that I think that we can both. I mean, we don't know who Belgium's gonna face, but I think that the chances are that the quarterfinal could Same. be Belgium versus Italy. I, I think that could be an absolutely great match, and that that's if you know they both go through. But I mean, Italy have got Austria. I think they should easily you know walk through yeah. that, and then Belgium third in Group A, D, E, or F. So I mean, if they're going against a third place team, you'd think that they would. You'd think that Belgium would, you know, would get the win there. So I'm just looking through the round of 16s and Belgium versus Italy look like, looks like a very interesting viewing on the 2nd of July.
1: I think I think that's a very interesting game because Belgium looked... I mean, we'll talk about Denmark and obviously how good they were against Russia, but Belgium looked like... Belgium have to win this tournament if they're going to get any international success. I really believe that because their defence is old. You know, it's for Tonga and Alderweire they the two best friends. I don't really think Denai and Valletta... Are that level to to win trophies like that, international trophies? So they they need to be successful. Italy, I think, out of every team I've seen in the Euros, Italy are the most well-drilled team, and I think that will get you very far in international football. They work with what they got, and they do it very well. Got great midfield um, and a strong defense. So you know that that is the most interesting. And obviously, Belgium's strength is their attack. You know, Lukaku's made Italian defenders' life hard for a whole season anyway. So you know, maybe he'll continue that um coming into this game so i mean yeah that probably is the most interesting game obviously besides england i think that probably has potential to be more and more interesting in the tournament
0: i mean you said you you mentioned that so i thought kieran was going to say something then but sorry, you, yeah you, you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned denmark um denmark versus Wales, not a typical you know Definitely watching round of 16 of the Euros, but fair play to them to both get in there. And I mean, that's a great them, game. One of them definitely is going to be in the quarterfinals. Obviously, I mean, I, I hope it's Welsh, just being, you know, because obviously I'm English, but I do. I want it to no.
1: be it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's <laughs> Denmark. <devil. laughs>
0: are we getting uh, well. There's, there's a, right, you can, you can, no, no, no. Everyone wanted Scotland. To, everyone wanted Scotland to go out. But at the end of the day, you know, it's one of the home. It's one of our home nations. Why would you not want them to go through? No. I'm not doing this one
1: strong bit of nonsense here. No way. That, I don't. I, you know, sorry. truthfully, I want them to win I three, four, five 0 them. No, With
0: no. I want them thing. to go through. I have no. no yeah, I, get, I get. I get the rivalry. I get the. Did rivalry. you see
1: the well celebrations after we lost to Iceland? Did yeah, you see? Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, they I don't get, care.
0: Yeah, but I'm not that. I'm not that salty or sad. I. I back them because you know they're literally just you know a couple of miles away. Why would I not back? I get the rivalry. I don't support them
1: if they're a couple of miles away.
0: Yeah, but I get.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit different.
0: I get the rivalry. Okay, I get the rivalry between Scotland, Wales, and England. I get that, but. I'd like to see them to go through, because I won't lie to you. I, I think we're more likely to beat Wales than we would beat Denmark. I know we don't go up against that side anyway, but I just I just would. I'm sorry, that's not the typical English view, but I'm sure there's a quite a few English fans out there, because I know a lot of people that I've spoke to, you know, have been back in Wales or whatever. it. So, yeah. Who were Take you that. speaking to? Welsh? No. <laughs> the only person that I actually know that is Welsh <laughs> doesn't even follow the football. No, I I don't see why you can't. You know, they're literally just across the water or they're actually attached to us. Why can't we support
1: There's them? no reason <laughs> what Look, no, oh. the, the Wales have been very, to get back to foot, Wales have been very impressive. I'm always impressed by Wales um, when they play. I don't, you know, I don't want Wales to win, but, what, you know, I can, I can admit to being impressed by them. They've got great players, you know. One thing about international football, especially when you're a country like Wales, you've got to get the best out of what you have. And Wales have Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey. Who, in my opinion, you know Aaron Ramsey, not quite just because of his consistency, but both world-class ability, um, and they get the best out of them with a very limited squad. They they can produce great results. Obviously, everything that happened with um, Brian Giggs and stuff, meaning that Rob Page was drafted in to, to be manager. You know, pretty pretty short notice, um, and they've been very impressive. And and so have Denmark. I mean. You know, talking about bouncing back from incidents, or is that just horrible thing that happened to Christian Eriksen? They've it looks like they've used it, and obviously they're at home, so they've got that great Danish support. It's been very one of the more fun games to, to watch. Has been Denmark because they have that full atmosphere. You know, everyone cheering, and that's lovely to see, especially having not had it for so long. But <clears throat> I think I think it's going to be a really interesting game, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing who wins. I'm looking forward to watching it. Obviously, you know, hope it's hope it's Denmark, but no hard feelings if it's Wales, as long as England win their game. <laughs> yeah, I um, I believe it's in Amsterdam the
2: game between Wales and Denmark. So, no real necessary advantage, at least according to what I have found. Well, I think like,
1: Denmark fans are getting more tickets because the lockdown rules in Wales are a bit a bit harsher. So Denmark may we, have that home advantage I mean, kind of thing.
2: We saw them against Russia. You know, they were incredible. That the fans and the players, arguably, albeit the gifted second goal. Um, but <laughs> I mean. I can't not back Denmark. You know, Wales have got, technically, if you count this season, three Spurs players. Denmark, just one. But the story that they're on at the moment, you know, to, to go into that last group game with zero points, knowing that you have to win and buy some margin, and to do it in, in the fashion that they did do it in, you know, I can't not want to support them. You know, Christian Eriksen was someone who I watched for five years at Spurs, and I loved all of those five years. Um, Hoibierg's there now. He was incredible against Russia. Got two assists. Um, if we just forget about his penalty in the first game, um, he's had a good tournament. <clears throat> so I'd really like to see Denmark go through, you know. And I, I think maybe further in the rounds, they could probably do more damage than Wales. They're, they're, they're yeah, I mean, they're that, <clears throat> a good team at the moment.
0: They're a feel good team in the competition. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of people will be backing them. And, you know, people that are a bit more salty won't be backing Wales because, you know, it just cross the water, why not? Um, but, you yeah, know, I think they are just a feel-good That's team nonsense. of... Competition. I think, I think oh, yeah. they are a feel-good team of competition. And I won't lie to you. When I first saw them play, I know, obviously, they had that, the absolute shocking things that happened with Eriksson. I thought... That, I I didn't think it was going to go very well from the competition. I thought, you know, Eriksson having the cardiac arrest and their performance, it wasn't necessarily all that there. But they've shot me. And what are they now? First, second in in the group, whatever?
2: So, I don't think you can take that game into account, though, because, I mean, if I'm a non-star, one of my friends have just, you know, been brought back to life, quite literally, you know. We saw against Belgium, who are a brilliant team, for 45 minutes, they absolutely destroyed them but then you've, you've got someone like Kevin De Bruyne on the bench who you can just bring on you know it's it's kind of hard to, to compete with so I mean if you go off the last two get probably the first half against Belgium mostly and the whole game against Russia you know they've got some players in that squad gone as well was really good Paulson's been able to find the goals you know that's going to be very important as well Hojbjerg is just an absolute warrior I love him um, Schmeichel and goal as well you can't look past that and someone I want to bring up as well is Mailer on the left hand side has been incredible you know he's bombing forward like he's got all the stamina in the world and I think he's really going to cause Wales some problems I think a lot of the Denmark players will but you know if you look at that game it's those kind of games which kind of get me excited about the Euros it's teams that maybe you wouldn't assume being in the best 10 teams in the world but one of them's going to go into the last eight you know it's going to be a hotly contested game you know the the following one that night, Italy v Austria, you can kind of guess, you know who the, who the favourites are in that. Whereas Wales Denmark, it could go either way. You know, I, I think I'd look much forward more to that game than I would, you know, a lot of the other quarterfinals, I'm uh, sorry, round sixteen games, unless of course you know you've got kind of two heavyweights coming together. It's those games against between teams who really are going to be going for it, you know, and want to mm. go as far as they can. They want to be the Wales of of 2016. Um, maybe the Sweden of 2018, you know, it's those kind of moments, and memories, and that's what kind of both those sets of players will be trying to do. And I imagine that's exactly what their managers will be saying. You know, look, we've got not an easy route to the to the next round, but we've got to go for it. And if momentum's one thing to tell, you have got to back
0: Denmark as well. I mean, you say easy route. I, no, there's no respect. These teams have all, you know, they fought for their place in in the round of 16, and and they'll fight for it in the quarterfinals. But compared to the, you know, the the top part of the draw, it whichever team goes through Wales or Denmark, they, they have to be confident that they could get to the semifinals. Because, I mean, Netherlands haven't necessarily been all at it. They look, you know, fragile at times. And I think, you know, they're still a team sort of, you know, trying to find their way. And if anything to go by from the performance that they've had, you know, de- Um, Netherlands could easily be beaten I mean obviously the third in Group D we're not sure who that is yet but when you look at Netherlands or whatever the third place team is Wales or Denmark could be in the semi-finals it's going to be a great for whatever team it is, and we don't even know what the fourth team could be. But any of those teams need to look at this and think this is a brilliant chance to get to a semi-final here, because, like you said, Denmark have done well. I think Wales could beat uh, uh, Dutch if they're they're up to it, and you know the Netherlands aren't really all there. So I think it'll be really Belgium. interesting to see who could get through. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, Netherlands have been an interesting one. I think um, obviously they're guaranteed through one or three games, um, but they, they, they look like they could beat anyone. I'm surprised by how entertaining they've been to be honest. And Dumfries has been, you know, trying to distance himself from that move to Everton with his performances. He's been been really good and probably now deserves something a bit better than, than that. But they look like they weird. They look gettable. Like never Like Netherlands look like they could really turn up and batter someone. But they also look like they could. Look, you saw it in Ukraine. They fell asleep for ten minutes. They could see the two goals. You know, it, it's they're a really weird team, and I I really want to see them play play a, gr- a great team. I don't know who they're getting round the sixteen, but. I want to see them play someone that is a tough test because, you know, I've been surprised by how good they are. You know, maybe it's because of Frank de Boer and my three sort of thoughts of him, because he spelled at Crystal Palace and I think he was at an American side, of camera Atlanta, I think, and that didn't go very well. But he's obviously got them playing a bit. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they, they fare if, in the tournament.
0: If it stands as it is, it'll be either the Czech Republic, Spain or Portugal, depending on, you know, if any of if, if those teams go through, I mean, Spain... I'd love does. to
1: see them play for Portugal. Yeah, I mean, about that game against Portugal because Portugal went. You know, we said it earlier. Down the flank. Involved.
0: I just, I think gonna be Netherlands are a bit of a weird one at the moment. I think you know when they've got the momentum behind them, once they've scored a goal and stuff like that, they seem to have that. They seem to be a completely different team. But when they kind of take their foot off the gas a bit, they do look. You know, like you say, gettable. You know, I think a team could really punish them. And as they, you say, they threw away that lead um, and they only just scraped past with the win. But yeah, Dumfries has been really well. Depay annoyed me so much. It was such a bad first game. So I thought, you know, I'm taking him out of fantasy. And then he goes and scores in the <laughs> other game. So, yeah, no, mate, not your biggest fan right now. Never <laughs> was at Man United.
2: And, you know, he just showed why I don't like him now. The first game where he had that awful miss, or was that the second game?
1: Uh, just, I think. Not
0: sure. I mean, I'm sure he's missed yeah. a couple. I mean, seasons. It, it, I mean, it, it was, was. It one was one of
1: them for
0: sure, but it yeah. wasn't good. But yeah, I mean, I. Yeah. I he scored he scored what three goals or something, I think, in the thing so far. But I still wouldn't I think, so. think he's yet to hit his strides.
1: No, I don't think that team's very clinical, like Levin's team right? I don't think much of, okay. of Weg or Stever in terms of his clinic. I think he's a good like target man leagues player. Well I don't think he's much of a finisher. I don't think he's like a twenty goal guy. I don't he... know what his stats are for. I could be <laughs> wrong in terms of Eredivisie, but
0: I think it, I think in really? that Devils team, if you're looking for anyone to get out on the, you know, to get on a shot, I think they're probably going to look for uh, Ginny to get on the uh, end of it because I mean mm-hmm. he's he's absolutely lethal for that international team. So, but yeah, I mean I was saying that it's an easy route through Spain, Portugal or, or Czech Republic. None of them are really. I think they've all got to be sort of favourites if they whoever gets in that in that sort of end of it. I mean, but like I said, that's going to be really interesting. And I think Denmark and Wales do have a really good chance to get to the semi-finals
1: one of them there's plenty to go I mean we'll be back next week to talk probably more things Euro 2020 make sure to check us out on 12football UK on on all social medias and um, yeah we'll see you next week